0: Good morning everybody, we are live and this morning we're gonna praise God, so I want you to put your hands together. Oh yes is power, power,
1: wondrous working power in the blood of the lamb. Oh yes is power, power, wondrous working power in the precious blood of the lamb. You be free from the burden of sin. There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you overcome evil of victory when? Oh, this wonderful power in the blood. Everybody sing, kisses power, power, wondrous working power in the blood of the lamb. Kisses power. Power,
0: wonders working power, in the precious blood of the Lamb. This morning we lift you up, Lord. We understand that there's power in your blood. I want everybody to say, "There's power in the blood." Say it. There's power in the blood. Oh, yes, power, power, wonders working power in the blood of the
1: Lamb. Yes, power. Power, working power, in the
0: precious
1: blood of the Lamb. All right.
0: Good morning. Good morning. You know, no matter what we talk about, no matter where we go, no matter what we do, if we don't understand that there is power in the blood, that without the blood, nothing would be possible that because God, the Father, sent his only son to die for you and I, and because that blood was shed, the ultimate lamb, that's why you and I are free. Beginning, middle, and end. Forget about the theology, forget about church, forget about anything. It's all about the blood. All right, so good to see you guys this morning. Got a Full house. People are coming in. I got to have my coffee this morning. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, my coffee this morning. Mmm. And I got my legalized Jesus T-shirt on. We're legalizing Jesus. We praise you, God. You are legal. Not that Jesus is illegal, but the world says he's illegal. We say he's legal. So we're legalizing Jesus this morning. All right. We're going to talk about, you know, we have angels and demons all around us, constantly. When you wake up in the morning, they're there. When you go through the day, they're there. When you go to bed at night, they're there. While you're sleeping, they are there. Angels and demons, folks. It is a war. From the time you're born, from the time you die, it is a constant battle. The war never stops. The question is, and we have a lot of demons around us. But the question is, what is the deadliest demon of all? I've asked that question. So, God, I know there's many demons out there that, that wreak havoc. We have the demon of addiction. We have the demon of lust. We have the demon uh, of, of uh, you know, it, 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 I mean, it just goes on and on. Demon of sickness. The demon of death. But what is the deadliest demon of all? I want you to stay with me on this. Believing in God, is that enough? Yes. But it's not the complete picture. And I want to explain. You see, many believe in God. Matter of fact, demons believe in God. And you and I believe in God. And we come to God. We give our, 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 our lives to God. And every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we, we, we come together as a church. And yes, we are a church. Folks, don't let anyone tell you that we are not a church. You're the body of Christ. I'm the body of Christ. We come together. We're just as much of a church meeting this morning like this as the church down the street. But we come together and we get on our knees. We repent. We come to God. But it's not the full picture. Sometimes demons remain. You see, we come to God, we tell God, he is God and we're not. We lift Christ up. We say the only way to the Father is through Christ Jesus. But then many of us want to stop there. But that's not where it stops. You see, once we come to God, we are made perfect in spirit because our spirit communes with God. David. Did Jesus say that we are perfect? What I said was that when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we come to the Father through Christ, our spirit, we become one. And yes, we are perfect. And I will say that. Why? Because God's perfect. There's no way you can, perfection can connect with imperfection. So self doubt is the deadliest demon. That exists because we come to God and we are made perfect, but then we look at ourselves and we look in the mirror and we have shame and we have a defeat and self-doubt. And this is what we're going to be talking about this morning. The deadliest demon self-doubt. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you. We ask that your words be spoken, not mine, not ours, not in chat, that your words, that you will guide us, Holy Spirit, and give us truth. We hunger for it so much. Lift us up this morning as many people that need that need help. Give us the way in Jesus name. You believe in God. God believes in you. but do you believe in yourself? That's my question. God believes in you. but do you believe in yourself? Do I believe in me? Do I really? You see, for so many years, I thought the Christian thing to do was to come to God, have my head low, you know, repent and keep my head bowed. That humbleness is some form of righteousness. That the more people can walk on me, I become a doormat for God, the more righteous I am. Persecution does not mean defeat. And persecution does not mean self-persecution. Let me tell you something. God does not make junk. God does not make junk. He made you. He created you. He created me. And he wants you to know that this morning that you are not a mistake. You may be broken, you may be down and out. You may be at the lowest you've ever been. But understand, God makes perfection and he made you. He, didn't, he did not make a mistake. So you grow up like me in a broken home. Parents that struggled or maybe you had one parent, maybe you had no parents. You didn't feel like you were worthy because you were shamed. Picked on ridiculed made fun of in school. You know, I felt like I was voted most boy, most likely to just disappear and fade away. I had no, I had no self respect. I had fear. I was scared. I was being bullied. I would plan my day out through school of what hallway I'm going to walk down to avoid the bullies. But you see, my parents, they did the best they could do, but they were broken, and they passed that brokenness on to me. They took me to church every Sunday, but I was never mended. I was never healed because no one ever showed me the deadliest demon of all. The demon of unbelief in yourself and self-doubt in yourself. Jesus said to the woman when she broke through the crowd, she had 12 years of disease. And she broke through that crowd. She touched his He felt the power go out of him. He turned around. He said, who touched me? His disciples said, a lot of people touched me. No, Jesus said, I don't mean who bumped up against me. Who touched me? This woman got on her knees and praised God. Now, she was so, you know, I'm sure she had fear. Because women, or especially older women, weren't they weren't adhered to in those days. They were like down on them. But Jesus said, your faith, your faith has made you whole. Now, folks, listen to me. She had to have faith in Christ first. Number one, Uno. Faith in Christ, faith in God. But then she had to have faith in herself to break through that crowd and to believe that if she could touch him, she would be made whole. Where the devil takes us out is we, we have faith in God, we come to God, but then it stops there. Because the devil deceives us and said, You know, you belong in a secondhand junk store, thrift store. Let me tell you something. God has nothing to do with thrift stores and junk stores. Nothing to do with junk stores and thrift stores. You will never as a child of God, be in the goodwill. You as a child of God will never be at the goodwill. You're made perfect in Christ. God is a master craftsman. His work is meticulous, it's beautiful. Everything about you is perfect. When he made you every hair on your head. And I'm gonna use a little liberty here, but I'm believing God's set back when he made you specifically. And he he made you like none other and he sat back with glorious delight saying, I made my perfect child. why why do we have self-doubt fear it's passed down it's curse you say david i think i've gotten over that really i thought that too but unless we renew our mind on a daily basis sometimes hourly it gets back in like an infection it wants to take us out It wants to bring us down to the point where we want to use alcohol. We want to use drugs. We want to use food. We want to use sex. Anything to escape it. But this morning, we're going to break it. We're going to break those chains once and for all. That curse. Number one, I'm going to give you three things. God created you in his image. God created you like God in his image, folks. You know, people will look at my kids. I have six kids. My son. David, your son looks just like you. And I take such pride in that. Not because he looks like me. I don't know why. And I know that God takes pride in you because he created you like himself. In in his image, he created us. Let's go to Genesis 1, 27, 29. Genesis 1, 27, 29. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish and in the sea and the birds, the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God says, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. Folks, he gave us dominion over everything. We are second to none except to God. The devil has come in and he's raped and he's pillaged and destroyed everything that belongs to God. But this morning, we're taking it back, starting with ourselves, starting with self. You see, God loves you. And you need to love you like God loves you, not because of you. But because of God, God created you. You are a masterpiece. You know, when you buy something, an antique, and you bring it home, and you you put it in a corner, and you shine it up, you want to take care of it? Multiply that times a billion, and that's how God looks at you. And that's how I want you to look at you this morning. Look at Jeremiah 1.5. Of course, let's go to number two, and then we'll go to Jeremiah 1.5. You have a purpose. God created you, you're a masterpiece, and you, you have a purpose. We're in an army, this is God's army. And in an army, you have different positions. Soldiers have positions. You have a cook, you have a medic, you have a pilot. You have such an important position in the army of God, in the body of Christ. That the demon doesn't want you to rise up because he knows if you do, he will be defeated. But do we know what our purpose is? Are we following our purpose? You know, I was told years ago that I would never be able to stand up and preach. I had the denomination tell me that. I had a men's, quote, Christian men's club tell me that. Why? Because they said, David, you're past. You've made these R-rated movies, and uh, you have lost your position to speak about God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine someone telling you that you have lost your position to talk about god see no matter what you've done no matter how broken you are no matter what you're going through you are an evangelist you have a purpose God has a plan for you. Don't you ever let anyone discredit you, put you down, shame you, or tell you you are not good enough compared to their man-made moral religious structure. Go to Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to various nations. Now, God is talking to Jeremiah, but he's talking to you and he's talking to I. He knew you before you were even formed in the womb. He knew you. He knew me. He set you apart. You are special. You are an elect. He set you apart for a purpose. And this morning, we're going to connect to that purpose. Not only connect to it, but we're going to do it. The devil wants to Tear you apart, whereas God has set you apart. But you can't conform to this world. That's the problem. We we compare ourselves to other people. Well, David, you can't preach because well, because uh, you know we deem it uh, the, the the fact that you made all these movies. We deem that uh, well, you're not worthy. God looks down. You, know, you, you don't have, you don't have to shut up. I wish I had the guts at that point to tell that man to sit down and shut up. But I didn't, because I didn't know what I was doing. I, 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 all I knew was I was getting shamed more. Go to Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. What pattern, what world? The world of religion. Of course, don't be conformed to, you know, pornography or conformed to prostitution or conformed to drugs. Or Of course, don't. That's ridiculous. It says do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, the pattern of religion. Don't be conformed to it. Get away from it. Don't let the stench of religion on you. Says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Listen to this his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Folks, when God looks at you, he's looking at perfection. When I look at me and I look in the mirror, I I don't see perfection. I see my past. I see things that I slip and I fall and I think about, and I do, I see those things. I don't see perfection. God sees perfection. You say, David, how can God see perfection on me? Don't you know what, what I'm going through? Don't you know what I've done? Don't you know some of the things I think? Let me tell you how God can see perfection. And He does. Because 2,000 years ago, He allowed His only Son, who He loves so much, His only Son, to hang on a cross while the soldiers spit on Him and put a crown of thorns on his head. And he cried out, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you deserted me? And the father looked down, I know he had tears in his eyes, saying, because, son, you're bringing my children into perfection. See, God knew that the blood of Jesus would perfect us. So when God looks at you, you must understand he sees the blood of Jesus covering our sins. That's how he sees perfection. And that's how you need to see perfection. When you're looking at yourself in the mirror like I do, or you're thinking about yourself, Lord, how can anybody love me some of the things that places i've been take your eyes off yourself put it on jesus on the cross with your name crossing his mind with the blood put your mind on the resurrection the power of god bringing christ from the grave Number, number three, God walks with you. See, God walks with you, he doesn't walk on you. A lot of us just feel like God is walking on us because we haven't been good enough. No, God never walks on his people. God walks with his people. Does he correct us? Of course he corrects us. We're his children, he corrects us in love. But he never walks on us. He walks with you through your passion, through your mission, through your purpose in life. Go to John 15, 16. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in the Father's name, he may give it to you. Folks, we didn't choose God. He chose us. So that what? So whatever we ask in his name, we will have it. Why? Because we are God's child. Deuteronomy 31.8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. The Lord not only goes with you, he goes before us. Takes care of us. Number three, you're a winner. You're a winner. Because you're a child of God. You're a winner. I tell my kids, I said, You're a winner. Dad, I don't feel like a winner. I've been beat down. I just lost. No, you're a winner. You are a winner. 2 Corinthians 12.9 But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect. Perfect. In weakness. God's power in you is perfect. Because God looks at you as being perfect. God is not going to give his perfect power to an imperfect person. Now, we do imperfect things. We live in an imperfect tent. Yes, but because of your spirit, communing with God and God is perfection. You and I become perfection. Do you understand? Matthew five forty eight: be perfect therefore as your heavenly father. Is perfect. Matthew 5 48 says, be perfect. How can we be perfect? If we couldn't be perfect, why would scripture say be perfect? Scripture's not going to tell us to do something we can't do. No, it doesn't mean that you're not that you have kicked that addiction completely. It doesn't mean that your your all your sickness has gone away. It doesn't mean that you you at times have thoughts that, that are not good. It doesn't mean that that you don't get mad at people. You don't say things. Sometimes you curse. Abstaining from that is not perfection. Perfection is understanding that the only salvation there is is through Christ Jesus to the Father. The only way of salvation is the blood of Jesus. For that makes us perfect. You have power, and I'm gonna show you how perfect you are. Jesus called his 12 disciples together. Do you think they were perfect? Really, you think they were? How could you think they were perfect? Look at all the mistakes they made. All the way, even past Christ going to to the cross. But he sent them out to heal the sick, raise the dead, preach the gospel, and cast out demons. Look at the 72 that he sent out, preach the gospel, raise the dead, cast out demons, heal the sick. How can an imperfect person do that? You must be perfect in spirit. How can an imperfect person use a perfect power? It is impossible. It's impossible for a broken gun to shoot a perfect bullet. It's impossible for an imperfect bullet to be fired out of a perfect gun. You see, you must have the perfect ammo and you must have the perfect weapon. Again, we're talking spiritually. Please, please stay with me on this. In spirit and in truth, we are made perfect. That's what we must. Understand how important to God we are. This morning, we have angels and demons all around us. Angels and demons all around us. Ministering spirits, they call the angels. And these angels were all around Jesus after he was 40 days in the desert with the demon, with Satan, tempting him. And you've got ministering spirits around you. They're there to protect you, to give you information, to lead you, guide you. And yes, I believe we have the right to call on the angels of God. You're in a battle.
1: Angels encourage us.
0: See, these ministering spirits, angels, if you break it down and you analyze it, and you go back to the Greek. Angels are said to be servers. They serve, just like a server would in a restaurant or just like you would hire a maid or a, a cook. They're there to serve. That's what they do. We must let them serve us through encouragement, protection, We must understand. Oh, it's so good to have you guys here this morning. Praise God. I'm going to bring Shanita on um, and uh, see if we have any prayer requests. Uh, Let me see if I can bring her in here. Um, There we go. All right. Well, good morning. How are you? Hey,
2: welcome. (laughs) Welcome.
0: Yeah uh well she does that makes sense i mean that we come to god which is the right thing to do but then mm-hmm. we don't go any further we don't understand that god looks upon us with love and perfection and we don't love ourselves we love god and we say right there you know I, mm-hmm. so much christianity i'm talking about in the years past even today you come to God, but you never end up loving yourself. You just, I'm just unworthy. I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. I'm worthless. I'm worthless. Does that make any sense?
2: Well, I feel like it's one of the <laughs> lies that the enemy almost teaches through religion. And I've, that was something I kind of accepted or didn't realize was a lie until... And under your teaching, so thank you.
0: So, so, when you were raised, you went to a Baptist church, okay? And uh, your dad's a pastor, and you believe that it was, it was righteous to be, to feel down on yourself. In other words, the more down on yourself you could be, the more God looked upon you as being worthy. Is that?
2: Yeah, I don't know if it was my personality that came to that conclusion, because I mean, I was never specifically taught that. So I don't know if somehow the devil just planted a seed and it spiraled. But
0: yeah. Well, the, the devil plants seeds through people and through teachings. I'm not saying I love your mom and dad. They're the greatest people on earth. I'm so happy yeah. to have them as Yeah, uh, as, I'm as so inland.
2: grateful to yeah. say I came from a functional family, not a dysfunctional family. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah a marvelous upbringing.
0: Well, did you say you came from a, un, uh, from a family that had no dysfunction at all?
2: Well, overall...
0: Compared, compared. But, honey... I mean, we of course, all, there's
2: always dysfunction because we're there, all there,
0: Yes, there's always dysfunction. I want to get to the point because your dad was a pastor. He was under that umbrella of Baptist. And uh, I think you said he didn't go to a movie until he was like 40 years old, right?
2: Right.
0: Something like that. And, yeah, they
2: let me go to a movie.
0: Right. But they must have felt going to movies wasn't that you know, wasn't the right thing to do. I mean, see the pastor go in there. Well, here's the point I'm trying to make is that for you to feel the way you felt and and me to feel the way I felt, we had to have people around us that planted the seed or confirmed that or teachings around us that confirmed it. So no matter where it comes from, we have to understand that that our environment around us, whether it's a person, whether it's a teaching, whether it's something that caused Mm -hmm. that, And uh, I certainly had it around me. But this morning, we're going to be praying for people that chains will be busted, will be broken. Mm -hmm. Okay, and um, uh, I don't want you all out there to think that, well, you know, I came from such a dysfunctional family or I didn't have a mom, didn't have a dad. So therefore, I have no hope. Of course, you have hope. You have God. God is your father, you know. So, you yeah absolutely so um this morning we do we have prayer requests do you have anyone that has asked for prayer
2: i am sure we do um if you're ready i'll i'll work on those and i'll be right back i think you have to
0: yeah okay gotcha gotcha okay um so if you guys have prayer requests i want you to get them to shanita um and i want to mention something that her and i talked about um she came from a family with two parents, okay, great, great people. Um, But they came from a Baptist background, and they carry things with them. You know, I came from a Baptist background. When we come out of religion and come out of a denomination, and some of us don't come out of it, but we realize that we have packed our suitcase full of you know, religious things. Okay. I know my mom and dad. I came from a Baptist Baptist background. I'm still unpacking stuff out of that bag that is subconscious. It's in my subconscious. But this morning, we're going to break. Look, I can only be honest. I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room. You may come from a family. You may have lived on the street. You had no mother, no father. Um, horrific things happened to you. You did horrific things. Let me tell you something. You are no worse off than someone that comes from a two-parent household that's caught up in religion, okay? It, it's, but, but society tells us, well, if you know, you, you're not as good as, you're not as good. No, no, that is not the truth. The truth is that this morning, whatever demon is on you and on me, that's causing us to be self-inefficient, to not look upon ourselves like God looks upon our, on us, whatever demon that is, it's going to be broken. We're casting it out. Getting rid of it. Once you get rid of the deadliest demon of all, which is self-doubt, Which is not looking at yourself like God looks at you. Once you get rid of that demon. I think we find that it's easier to deal with the other demons that are hanging out at the door. Because I don't know about you. But for me. You know, we all have addictions. I don't want to hear anybody out there tell me they don't have an addiction. I don't want to hear. We're addicted to something. So, David, I don't have an addiction, okay? I want you to take a selfie of you walking on water and send it to me, because I want to see it. It may not be an addiction that society looks down on. It may not be an addiction that's, that's amplified, but we all have it. We're in the flesh. The flesh, it, it, it gravitates to addiction. It gravitates to lust. But when we get rid of that self-doubt that's based on belief in Christ, I said based on belief in Christ, we get rid of that. Those addictions go. It's easier for the addictions to go. I know me and my addiction, I'll fall back into it the more I think bad about myself. If I think long enough about myself, bad, I'll just kind of consummate the fact, the idea that I have of the thoughts that I have bad about myself. Do you follow what I'm saying? We, we, we kind of we carry it out. We kind of prove it to ourselves. Well, I'm not worthy. And you go out and do something, you know, that's not worthy. It's called toxic shame. When we're shamed as a child, it's toxic. You know, when you're shamed as a child, when you're beat... You know, I was physically abused, beaten down, shamed in public, physically abused. That's a shame that a a young child bears upon himself and you carry that shame inside of you. It's a demon that the only way to relieve it if you don't turn to God is to relive that same shame hoping that you can change the circumstances this time. So you set out to find someone else who will abuse you, thinking that this time it's going to be different, but it's not, it just gets worse. And it goes deeper and deeper and deeper and we're gonna break it this morning because God loves you because you're so perfect in his eyes. Folks, I can't get away from this, I'm sorry. And it brings tears to my eyes because I know how much God sacrificed for you and I. And I went through, I've gone through most of my life not understanding how important I am to God and how precious I am to God and how perfect I am in his eyes. But now I'm understanding and I hope you are too. Please, if you've got prayer requests, I'm going to bring Shanita back on. To have some prayer requests.
2: Yes. Shanita, are
0: you there with me?
2: Yes. Yeah, I want to start by thanking Dante. Well, first I want to thank Josh for sharing the struggle with the addiction to weed, and then Dante for sharing how God has delivered him. So thank you everybody for being willing to be real and yes. I believe that when we address these vulnerabilities and get them in the light, that deep powers, I miss not a word, but <laughs> right. and it empowers each of us to be able to be the body for each other and be a support to one another. So that's why we're here. And I'm really thankful to see
0: that. And absolutely. Is. And thank you someone for donating. If you guys yeah, thank would you like Dante. to, yeah, thank you, Dante. If you all would like to donate to the ministry, you can donate here. Or you can go to davidhevener.tv forward slash give. Uh, We certainly would welcome it. It does keep us going. I know that a lot of people think, you know, what we're doing doesn't cost hardly anything or there's not much of a sacrifice. I, I understand people think that. But... It does cost, and it is a sacrifice. And when you all pray for us, it keeps us going, the prayers and encouragement. I can't tell you how much in prayer and encouragement keeps us going. But then when you also donate, and I see where you're putting things that are valuable to you, uh, money, uh, into things that you cherish, it just tells me that this is where God wants me. You know, And it's not because money, God's telling me, it's because of people's involvement. Um, Sometimes it feels lonely, Shanita, when we don't have physical people around us, but then when I see how the encouragement we get in chat and the love we get and and you know just the financial support, it mm-hmm. just tells me God's all over it God's there all right um, okay um, any uh, prayer re- any other prayer request uh,
2: the What I have so far is, um, you know, Marjorie's believing for her healing from cancer, so she's weak and lethargic right now with the chemo. So we are continuing to agree with you, Marjorie, and we're always praying for Lori's family, and we're lifting up um, Josh this morning and a family that Colette knows where the four young people died in a car accident this weekend. And all the rest of the prayer requests, we'll get those, and we'll cover them tomorrow night and Tuesday as we meet for prayer. Thank you for sharing with us. We love you.
0: Thank you, Shanita. Love you, too. Appreciate you. God bless you. Let's go to the Lord. Like I said before, churches have taken altars out. They, They don't have altars anymore. This morning, you have an altar, I have an altar. Let's go and let's get on our knees. And first let's repent. Father, we repent, we come to you on our knees. We thank you for sending your son to die in our place. We thank you for the words that you've spoken this morning. You've given us wisdom, Lord. You're a faithful God. And right now, Lord, we ask for a cleansing. I ask for a cleansing on myself and each and every one of your children.
1: Jesus, just made it all, all to hear my own sin has left a crimson stain. He's washed me white as snow. Thank you, Lord, for loving us.
0: Right now. In Jesus' name, with the power that's given to your children, in Jesus' name, we cast out the demon of of doubt, the demon of disrespect, self-disrespect demon. You come against your children long enough, you are gone, you go back to hell, you will not return. Your children, God, is now cleansed. Thank you for giving us the power to cast out the demons. Every demon of addiction. Every demon of lust. Every demon of unforgiveness. Every demon of sickness. You are now cast back into hell. And you will not return.
1: I can hear the Savior say. Thy strength. Indeed is small, child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all, sing it with me. Jesus paid it all, all to him, my own. Sin has left a crimson stain he's washed me white as snow
0: maybe this morning you're saying i've fallen i've fallen bad but i want to come back to god right now look you're coming back god has his arms outstretched to you prodigal son prodigal daughter come home
1: You're saying, David, I don't know the Lord, but I want to just look to God and say, Father,
0: I believe the only way to you is your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, I will do everything I can to follow you the rest of the days of my life. Congratulations, your name's in the book of life. You see, when God looked down and he saw his son on the cross, your imperfection turned to perfection. When the father looked down and he saw each drop of blood hitting the ground,
1: We saw your face. (laughs) For nothing good have I. Whereby thy grace. That's all I claim. I wash my garments white. In the blood. Of Calvary's Lamb, singing with me. Mm. Jesus paid it all, all to him my owe. Sin mm. had left a crimson stain. He's washed me white as snow.
0: See, many of us think that we have dirt all over us. It's not true. When God looks at you, he looks at you as a clean garment. He looks at you as perfection because he's your father and you're his child. And starting right now, as we look at ourselves, we're going to see perfection the way God sees us. Are we God? Of course not. God is God. But we are God's children. We're going to walk with righteous dignity. Sing with me one more
1: time. And when before the throne, when we stand before the throne, and I stand in Him complete, Jesus died to save my soul. My lips shall repeat singing. For oh, Jesus paid it all, all to give my own Sid had left the crimson stain. He washed me white as snow.
0: God bless you all. I love you all. I appreciate you all. I just want you to remember how much God loves you. And you are not something in a thrift store. Heaven doesn't have thrift stores, Heaven doesn't have goodwills. You are perfect. In god's eyes you are a gem precious priceless i love you guys and so good being with you this morning um just a few things if you'd like to go to our store and get any of our legalized jesus t-shirts mugs or whatever we have the new uh blood of jesus is my vaccine t-shirt or my books or whatever thing. And the money all goes for the ministry. If you'd like to get the DVDs of Last Evangelist on our End Times Investigation DVD, just go to davidheavener.tv forward slash order, Uh, call 844-806-0006. If you're not a member of David Heavener TV, go to davidheavener.tv and join us. You'll get to see shows you would not see anywhere else. I I pray that they bless you. And also uh, you can see Last Evangelist. And speaking of Last Evangelist, um, we still have to raise a little bit more money. So if you'd like to go and just uh, donate, go to LastEvangelist.com. The second episode is telling the truth about the backs and also who's behind it and what's going on. So, okay, I love you guys. Remember, you are priceless. You are precious. You are perfect in God's eyes. And I'll see you tomorrow night, 7 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God bless you.